Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 580 of the milk bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. Coming up on the show, we'll be finding out about the work of Real Arts Workshop, Raw. Alex Van and Gary O'Dea joining us for chat on that one. Alex Van, who designed the logo for the podcast as well. Julie Hill joins us from Dogcast Radio. We'll be chatting about her work. We'll hear of the plans of the Wolverhampton Society as they're looking at putting a museum together to cover the past of the city itself. We'll hear from Dwayne AJ and some of his music as he's got a brand new single on the way. We will talk about the dodo pad and how it can change your life. Plus, we'll be having a bit of a chat too with the team behind An Evening at Joe's. The second instalment is on the way after the massive success of the first show featuring loads of people from the city of Wolverhampton. That's all coming up here on The Milk Bar this week. The Dodo Pad is more than just a diary. It's a way of life for many thousands of people who enjoy scribbling things in theirs every year. The young lady behind the current batch of pads is Rebecca Jay, who joins me now. Hello. Hello. How are we doing? <laughs> good. I'm good. I've just come out of uh, five or six weeks of complete mayhem, but uh, no, I'm good. Relax. Well, yeah, I mean, 20, 2020 is the diary that nobody wanted in the end, isn't it? Because it's had nowhere near the right number of things written in it, or certainly things written in different places to what they expected. I, I think that's probably the case. I think uh, people have probably, well, who knows, maybe been doodling more, maybe they've been looking at the funny, uh, witty comments and the little illustrations in there more than filling in their grids. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And, and without doubt, everybody who's now got their 2021 diary is looking forward to having a new year. This Fingers is... crossed, yes. Yeah, <laughs> Never before has a, has a diary been so important for a bit of a change. You know, I have my 2020 dodo pad here, and this is where I, I scrawl all sorts of things all over it. Post-it notes get stuck in there, and the bit at the back is always full of things. So tell us a bit of the story of, of dodo pad to start off with, because this is something that, that you took on, what, the best part of a quarter of a century ago now? Uh, yes. <laughs> So the, the dodo pad started in the mid-1960s. Uh, the story is that John Verney, who uh, started it, he had quite a large family and he was trying to find a way for his wife to be able to organise uh, seven children. Mm -hmm. And so he, he drew up a grid and he put their names at the top of the grid and he put the days of the week down the side. And it started initially as just a paper thing that was stuck on the wall, the fridge, I'm not sure. And because he was an artist, he put little doodles and little funnies <laughs> into uh, the, the grids and he made cartoons of his children, et cetera, et cetera. And then the story goes that um, his publisher, because he also wrote books, uh, suggested when he wasn't interested in writing any more books, he said he was enjoying fiddling around, making illustrations on his family's uh, organizing, organizational <laughs> wall chart, basically, at that time. And his publisher suggested he ought to turn it into a diary, but 2.5 children, therefore um, five columns rather than seven. And to be honest with you, um, and I know you've got yours, but I mean, there's, there's a grid for next year. That grid, although we've got it in color now and it used to be in black and white, um, that grid has been absolutely consistent all the way through. So you always see a week, you always have five columns, you can put people's names or AMPM, whatever you fancy up there. And then on the other side, you have a broadly clear page for notes, doodles and, um, and post-it notes, as I saw you've got. Yeah, and I, say, I, I just scroll all over it. It's, it's fun to have a little draw on. It's great for making notes. And it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a good diary to have. And I've, I've been a, a Dodo Pad subscriber since, I have to admit, I, I bought one half price in a sale in the mid-90s. In fact, probably maybe 95, something like that. And that was the, the last time I took a chance on not getting one and make sure I buy mine in time for Christmas or get it bought for me for Christmas each year. 
and uh, you know, it, it is uh, really, uh, I, I can't quite pronounce it, indodispensable. How do I say that? Indo-dispensable. There we go. That's as, Indo-dispensable, as, as yes. is printed on it. And, I mean, it's been a difficult time, hasn't it, because your ACAD pad hasn't come out as usual this year, uh, in part because your publishers weren't publishing at the right point uh, in the early part of 2020. Well, I mean, in fact, we are the publishers. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, we were just about to go to print in March and lockdown happened. Mm -hmm. And we, two things happened. First of all, we didn't know whether we would be able to get our print in time to this country in order to sell the mid-year version, because the one I was showing you is the calendar year. Yeah. But there's also one that starts in August and runs to the following August that follows school year. Yeah. And, and then the other thing that happened is both our distributors, who are our main vehicles for selling it outside of on our own website uh, they both closed down one of them permanently and one of them temporarily mm -hmm. so we were just stuck uh with a decision and we'd already spent quite a lot of money on the artwork and pre-production so um we did two things we and this is i have to tell you this is right in the middle of lockdown or early days of lockdown i had covid myself at the time right and i was trying to make all sorts of decisions about what to do it was just now i look back on it it was a kind of you know hazy whirlwind uh, of illness of what on earth do i do does the business close down does the business survive and I took the decision to see if we could make it a downloadable alternative mm -hmm. so that people could download the art. They could download a PDF and print it off themselves. But I also knew that there would be a lot of people who a, wouldn't have access to printers or wouldn't want the hassle of doing it. And that's when we came up with our um, help. Get me out of here. Get me to August of next year. Uh, solution, which was to give away this year's diary with anybody who bought next year's diary. And I have to tell you, that's been a fantastic success. Brilliant work. And uh, this this has to be done to uh, yeah, keep the dodo pad going. I mean, I mean it's, it's touch and go sometimes for, for paper diaries anyway, because although the digital world is wonderful, I still like to be able to draw on something. And there is no, there's no way that you can take away having books and physical things because humans need them. Yeah. The, the whole digital world is not a, a perfect one. So we, we need this, but the, the, the demand has dropped back and making sure that uh, your regulars can get hold of their dodo pad is becoming harder and harder each year. Yes and no. I think, I think people who want to stick to paper really want to stick to paper. I, mm. I don't know about you, I rely on my iPhone for all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't do without the digital world. But if I want to look at how the shape of the week looks yep. and what I've got lined up, I've tried just for an experiment, really, doing it digitally absolutely doesn't work. It works brilliantly for reminders. So mm. if I need an alarm to remind me to do something, although I have to tell you today, I opened my dodo pad last night and I wrote a great big note on the left-hand page, be ready, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's how I, that's how I look at the shape of the fourth, you know, the forthcoming week. I can look at how weeks ahead look, fitting various things in. Yeah, I know we haven't all had very much to fit in recently, <laughs> but, um, and I, you know, then honestly, Jason, the number of people who have sent us messages saying, thank goodness you're still here. We couldn't bear the idea of 2021 without a dodo pad. I mean, it's been humbling. It's been gratifying. It's been heartwarming. And I know the people who use dodo pads are happier people for it. Yeah, it's um, a, it is an absolutely essential part of everybody's day-to-day -day life once you've had one. If you haven't experienced it, I think it's about time you did. How can they get their 2021 diary in plenty of time? And is the uh, the, the, the CAD pad sort of semi-offer still there? Or the... Yeah, no, it is. So, so basically, we do a, a range of different formats. We have we have the desk diary, which is the one you've got mm -hmm. there. So, if you if you order the green one, basically, if you go to the website and you do a search on the word help. <laughs> with an exclamation mark 
it will take you straight to our help get me to August 2021 uh, version, which means you get a freebie as well as getting next year's diary. Yeah. Um, so that's one way of doing it. If you want one of our, and we haven't got that many left of the 2020 now, but you can do that. And it also comes um, it, uh, people like a mini version. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we've got it hanging on the wall. I've, I've just got these all here, just out of shot. <laughs> so that, that's the wall pad, which yeah. is exactly the same as the desk diary, except it opens the other like way around that. yep so you hang it you hang it up by the this top. punch hole yep and away and you go yeah we've got a we've got a personal filofax size we've got an a5 filofax size and then the other one we've got although we haven't got any 2020 left is an a5 um version of the of the diary so it's a little smaller and some people prefer that for putting in their handbags for portability's or, purposes so uh, yes and then the final the final one we do is a is a calendar i have to lean back to show you this <laughs> where you've got again you've got the five columns across here mm -hmm. space for writing and that's for people who prefer a monster view yeah so so basically the word help with an exclamation mark gets you to the offer that gives you all the different variations including the free 2020 edition but mm -hmm. if you just want a 2021 diary or wall pad or calendar or whatever you just um search 2021 and that will bring up all the 2021 versions that we've got well i mean there's a, there's a wide variety of other products as well this i think uh, yeah, everything from pen toppers through uh, notepads through uh, engagement wedding planners all sorts of things that uh, uh, feature as part of the range some of them limited stock so get in there quickly but uh, where do we go to to get our hands on all of this stuff if you go to dodopad.com d-o-d-o-p-a-d.com that's our website um Waterstones will have the desk diary, in other words, that one, mm -hmm. uh, in store. They've had their delivery, so probably by the end of August. And soon we will make them available to the um, distributors and therefore people who prefer to go and purchase on Amazon will be able to do it there. But we purposely held off um, until now because we wanted to give our loyal regular customers the best opportunity of getting the offer um, before we sort of uh, broadened it out to the rest of the country and the world. Um, but yeah, that's that's way. And, and there are retailers who have dodo pads as well, independent mm -hmm. bookshops. Uh, quite a lot of our customers are suffering, I have to say, from uh, being able to be open, being able to kept in business mm -hmm. um you know it's it's tough out there yeah support the retailers support dodo pad whether you buy online or in one of your uh, many uh, uh, sites that do sell it go out there buy it enjoy it use it and basically let it change your entire life you won't regret it <laughs> no absolutely not rebecca j thank you for joining us oh you're very welcome thank you take care An evening at Joe's was a kind of West End spectacular that brought some fantastic acts onto the small screen in your home with the whole ethos of Joe's, the wonderful venue in the West End, which plays host to so many people when they're off to see some of the best shows ever. To tell us more about a second instalment, I'm joined now by Matt Elson. Hello, sir. Hello there. Thanks for having us back. Well, good to talk to you again. And uh, obviously, first of all, give us a bit of the background to the success that was uh, Act One. Oh, yes. Well, um, so for those that hadn't heard anything about it, of course, we were all in lockdown and everything closed. All the theatres in the West End closed, all the theatres all over the world closed, of course. Um, but and uh, a lot of the things that people might have missed is the hospitality around theatre. And Joe Allen uh, Restaurant um, closed and hasn't been able to reopen like many of the others because they've been so hit by the pandemic. Um, so we decided to do a show for both. So it's a, it's a show, to, a virtual online concert 
that uh, that we did in July um, that we're going to do a second one of and it's all to raise money for Joelle's restaurant and Acting for Others which um, has 14 theatre charities to help all theatre workers in times of hardship. Yeah, cause it's not an easy time and uh, uh, although uh, some will be getting some kind of assistance from some of the government schemes, uh, it's the uncertainty which doesn't help. Not everybody's going to be able to cover all of their bills and this is just a standard day-to-day -day life. These are commitments they've made based on the fact they had ongoing work and, and it's a resilient industry. I mean, people are used to doing other jobs in between acting jobs and uh, that, is, that is standard. Uh, these people are all basically grafters but who are born to entertain. So uh, being able to get them involved in something like this and to share some of those talents at the same time as yeah, putting a smile on people's faces. And let's face it, we're all missing theatre. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen at the moment. Obviously, several things have been postponed over recent days and weeks as to, to returns. And there's some innovative stuff going on out there, but it's still just not the same, is it? It isn't. Um, but what we were looking for, and thanks to you for helping us with plugging the show initially, because of course it was a pilot show. No one knew about it. Um, you know, Joe Allen's is not known for putting on its show. <laughs> um, but thankfully, uh, Joe's been booking uh, myself uh, and my big brother, Jason of Toast 32, put our heads together and we came up with this show. And um, thanks for everybody that helped and then even shared it, watched it after. Um, it was actually shown on air. I don't know if you realise, but you know that the, it was the second, it was the eighth of July when mm -hmm. it went out, and um, that was actually the day that all the pubs and clubs in all the sort of reopened <laughs> that could reopen. So we actually we were fighting that audience-wise. Um, so I was a little bit concerned about that. Of course, I wanted things to open, but I was concerned about people watching our show and sharing our show. But it still worked, uh, and I'm pleased to say it's been seen now by over 8,000 uh, viewers, um, and we've raised over 10k from episode one, which is. Blooming good going, isn't it? And I think uh, part of that, you know, with the quality of the show, I mean, uh, we had some, uh, some great performers from Wolverhampton who uh, were a part of it and uh, mm -hmm. it looked fantastic. The whole ethos was there and it, it, it had got that little bit of polish that uh, I think we, we sometimes miss on the internet. I mean, it's good to see there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I can't speak to that. I mean, we put our heart and soul in it. I mean, we were literally eat, sleep, and dream in it. Um, it, it was, uh, it was, it was a really amazing thing to be a part of, um, and we wanted to get it right. We wanted to make sure people felt it was a dining experience, a theatre experience, all in one, without leaving home. <laughs> um, you know, they were able to see a bit of this, a bit of that. Um, I had a lot of, um, I put a lot into sort of the background noise and all that sort of stuff, so the clinks of the glasses and the, and the, we had like a professional musical director come in just to do the piano tracks for us. Um, <laughs> And there was a few like little moments where we would send the tracks to send the video footage, you know, of Lavoie, who, who was actually presenting our first one. Lavoie is an amazing, amazing um, performer, um, and he hosted it for us. And uh, we, we would literally watch the scene playing it through. And if there was a little clink or a or a shot, we could go do look or whatever, you know, something mm. along those lines, just to make it really feel like it was all happening in real time. Uh, and that's something that's been um, really noticed. I was really glad that people did notice it, because the rule is, you, you, <laughs> you know, if you do a good enough job, no one will know you put so much hard work into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could see the quality, you could see the effort, and this is going to be the case for the second time around. So what's happening there? What what we got that's going to be available, and when yeah, is this going to be I out there? Stuff. I can tell you some stuff. Um, let me see what I can tell you. Okay, so we have a we have a new host. Mm -hmm. we have a, so we're going to try and have a host, a different host each time. Um, I'd love to have Lavoie back, but he's so busy, as you know, she is. Um, so we've got Kerry Dupree, um, who is a female impersonator again, mm -hmm. and has, has uh, performed at the Grand on a number of occasions, not only in yeah. Panto but also doing his show where he's a number of fantastic female performers. That's right. So I think, well, I'm waiting to see what's going to I had a little Zoom meeting with him with him yesterday, and we were talking about the possibility of him changing characters all the way through. So every time you come back to him, you've got to make you've got to make sure he does Tina Turner. He is a fantastic Tina Turner. Oh, I shall put that request in. I shall put that request in. Um, one of the things we've been looking at, actually, uh, you know, there have been a lot of these sort of online shows. Um, we've only just done this one. But I think uh, there's been some criticism towards some of the shows that they're not sort of embracing the new talent. Um, it's a bit of a tricky subject to, 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 to touch on, but 
of course, we can't put on a show with just no one, people that no one knows, you know, mm. people won't watch it. But I'm pleased to say that in this one, um, we, we're starting a new segment, which is the Rising Star segment. And we've got Lizzie B coming. Now, Lizzie B um, is a gorgeous young girl who got the part of Tracy Turnblad in the upcoming UK tour. Mm-hmm. And of course, because of lockdown, you know, this was a big break. And um, But because of lockdown, it was sort of squashed. But I'm pleased to say... It's coming back, yeah. and so there is a, you know, like the end of the tune for her, but she's going to be brought on, and she's going to sing a song that you wouldn't sort of expect to hear in Hairspray, so we're going to give you give her a chance to do something else. Um, incidentally, we've got an amazing, we've got Rhea Jones joining us in our legend spot. Mm-hmm. Um, last time we had Claire Moore, and she said she did a gorgeous uh, version of the, the Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow, um, which is usually, you know, that's when I come out, <laughs> Um, and she, she really worked on it in her studio and we matched that up with a little montage of the West End while the theatres are dark. Um, and then the last thing I think I can probably tell you is we, at, at the end, you know how we finished with the Copacabana section that all our Wolverhampton people were a part of? Yeah. We're going to try and do it as a, another nostalgia segment. So that was Gary Wilmot returning to do Copacabana. Mm-hmm. This time, I, I, I'm sure there's some fans out there um, that might love the show, The Witches of Eastwick, which uh, opened um, in the West End tw- 20 years ago now. Yeah. Um, and I've done my best to bring back a few of the originals, and they're going to have a little sing-song together again. <laughs> Oh, and um, and as well as that, with the, some of the other members that are in our, our lineup that I'm not allowed to say at the moment, they're also going to be joining um, some of those for a virtual version of a very, very short version of The Witches of Eastwick. Okay, so your chance to, to recreate those magic moments. And say so this is all going to be revealed as you head towards the date. So what's the release date? Yes, yeah, so we're going to be, go, it'll be on air on YouTube, same place. Um, on, let me think, on the 5th of September. So a bit of time. But we will be releasing, actually, a little bit quicker than I said, all the names. So if you keep on looking on the, all the social media of Joe Allen and acting for others, the charity, we're, we're sort of putting a few hints there. And uh, we've already announced, I think, three of, the, three of the cast members so far. But as of when they come in, we have to disperse them out like this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, slowly, uh, these will all emerge. Keeping people's interests, knowing it's going to be absolutely fantastic uh, night. You can be there as it happens. You can watch it later on. You can still see the first episode. You can. If you go to our Joe Allen TV London page, well, it's not my Joe Allen TV London page, but it's the YouTube page um, that they have, Joe Allen uh, London TV. Um, If you go to there, you can definitely see the one we've got. And that's also where we're going to be doing the next one, 8 p.m. on Saturday, September the 5th. So be there as it starts to emerge into the world or catch up if you're you know, washing your hair that night. However, whatever happens, enjoy an absolutely brilliant show and uh, know that it's been put together with love for the whole theatre industry and on behalf of a venue which say, I, I've eaten in down there when I've been to the West End and it is a fantastic place to go and enjoy. And not only do you get to enjoy a fantastic show, you've got the chance to donate as well for those worthy causes and uh, where do we go to actually make a donation? Yeah, you need to go to the GoFundMe page, um, which is forward slash Save Our West End. If you can just, even if you can't give any money, if you could just share that link, share our YouTube videos, just so we can get it out to the masses, uh, and it might just land on somebody's desktop that might be able to give us a tenner. Well, you never know. Matt Elson, thank you for joining us, and thank you for a fantastic show. All right, now. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Dwayne AJ has a brand new single on the way and he joins me now to tell me what's going on in his world. Hello, sir. Hi, uh, how are you doing today? Oh, good. I trust we find you well and excited about the new music. Ah, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. So what's actually happening? Because you've got a brand new single release uh, and and, and you've had far fewer gigs than you had anticipated doing so far in 2020. As you know, we've all been a bit stuck. So um, since I've been in lockdown, I started doing my own writing and putting my talents into something else. So this is a whole new, brand new venture for me. Um, I'm usually a cabaret artist, so I usually tour, you know, the pubs, the clubs, the holiday parks and places like that. And mm-hmm. I also do care homes in the day. So that's a nice, um, rewarding job, you know, to do in the daytime. So it's absolutely amazing. Um, but recently I have been started writing and um, got a few singles out there. And um, yeah, this brand new one is called I'll Never Be Lonely. 
and um, it's about basically, you know, just being strong and being yourself, really, you know, because there's so many people out there that judge each other, and, um, you know, we don't need it. We don't need that. I mean, life's hard enough as it is, so we want to, you know, come together and just be yourself and don't be afraid to put things out there, you know, what you believe in is, you know, the if you believe it's good, then it's, you know, it's good, you know, but just put it out there and the more confident you are about things, I think the better, you know, and people, they, they recognise that, you know, so, yeah, so that's what the single's about. Yeah, I mean, and, and the music itself, I mean, is very much uh, about yeah, putting a smile on people's faces as well, suitably upbeat, yeah, immediately danceable. Uh, this has got the potential to be uh, a hit in a number of different top uh, parts and genres and uh, the, the chance of people to have a bit of a bop out in a boogie. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've also got um, someone at the moment doing a DJ re uh, remix for me. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping to um, get that out to all the clubs and stuff like that. So, you know, just to bring in a, a kind of a different audience, you know, so they can get the feel of it, you know. And um, yeah, so I think there's a lot of potential with the track. I mean, you've probably seen the music video. I mean, it was absolutely amazing. I had so much fun filming it. Um, and the guy who recorded it, um, Shirt and Tie Productions, um, Daniel, um, he's absolutely amazing. I mean, his quality skills are so good. I highly recommend him, you know. Uh, when it comes down to, to, to writing the songs and, and the fact you've been mulling over a lot of different things, I mean, uh, has there been a, a bit of a theme for you? Can we expect a whole album of, uh, of upbeat classics to come in the near future? Wow, OK, so basically, like I said, I've been in lockdown, don't know what to do with my time at the moment, never wrote a song in my life. <laughs> So I thought this is definitely um, going to be interesting. So I remember writing the first song and I was just like, what the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> like, where is this going? Uh, my husband was like, what, what are you doing? I was like, I'm just trying here. <laughs> I was like, bear with me, bear with me. And I think, you know, when, when people tell me, you know, what are you doing? It's not working. I really, really put my mind to it, you know? And um, yeah, so I mean, I've got like a bit of a, a library at the moment of all these demos and um, I've got some producers, loads of different producers and I've got one in particular that I really, really like, um, which is kind of the sound I want to put out there, um, which is like pop sort of 80s, 90s sort of style. Mm -hmm. we, need to bring, we need to bring back pop music. I mean, there isn't pop music, is there? Not like it used to be. And I feel like that's the that's the music you go to. That's the you go to music. If you popped on the Spice Girls or Steps or S Club, you know the song. You yeah. know who sings it. You know, and you're already even if you, even if you wasn't a fan of them, you remember their music. You know, and I feel like these days I couldn't tell you. In two thousand and uh, ten years later, what would have been out today? Yeah. Because nothing is just stuck. You know where what I want to do with my music is um obviously try and keep it updated and modern because mm -hmm. there's no point um but also give a twist you know a twist so people can remember it you know and remember the lyrics i think the lyrics is a main thing is you've got to be catchy and you've got to be consistent with your lyrics you know um lyrics to me they seem to just fall it i can i for me i find i found my strength is the chorus yeah but i think you can get away with being repetitive you can get away with being you, you, you know, get a hook, you get something that's going to draw people in and, and make them remember that song. Whether, as you, say, you mentioned, something like Five, Six, Seven, Eight Steps, uh, some of the, the absolute classics that we've, we've heard from the Spice Girls. I mean, who doesn't want a zig -a zigar at some point, you know? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, every, everyone secretly, to a certain extent, and I can tell you this from experience, at different pubs that I've been in, and these great big blokes are in there, you know, at the beginning of the night, and they're just drinking their drinks, by the end of the night, I've got them dancing on the dance floor with a sock from the Spice Girls or Spice Up Your Life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's a, some fantastic memories music-wise and you using that energy, channeling it into your new work. So where do we go to find out more about you, what you're doing and, uh, and see your work online? And of course, then, once it's released, download on Spotify like there's no tomorrow. Okay, so um, basically to find out more about me, uh, find out about my releases and upcoming stuff, uh, the main, main thing is go on to, of course, my music page, which is Dwayne AJ Music, and that is on Facebook. So it's a go-to one for everybody, nice and easy. Um, if you want to find out more about my music, then all you have to do is um, go on to Spotify, and obviously on there nowadays you can follow a profile. Mm -hmm. So you'll be the first people to find out everything that's released. As long as you click the follow button, you'll be the first to know about it. 
Um, also, you can check out me on YouTube um, and iTunes. You can buy music from iTunes, Apple Music. I mean, for, for social media, the list goes on where you can buy it. You know, no one can say they can find it. It's on everything. Um, but yeah, so um, definitely Instagram as well. You can catch me on Instagram. Again, just type in Dwayne AJ Music. You'll find me and find out what is going on. Well, Dwayne, good to catch up with you. Thank you for joining us. And we're, we're looking forward to hearing the music. Thank you very much for having me. Wolverhampton Society have got lots of great work they do promoting Wolverhampton's past, present and future. To tell us more, I'm joined now by Andrew Sloan. Hello, sir. Hello, Jason. How are we doing? I, I'm doing very well, thank you. I think like everyone else, I'd be doing a lot better if it wasn't raining in August. Well, but... yeah, it, it happens a lot, but we, 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 we cope. <laughs> yeah. That's what counts. So, uh, obviously, the Wolverhampton Society doing some, some great things across the city, promoting and sharing uh, some of the history and uh, uh, much more besides that. And uh, tell us a bit about the society itself to start off with. Well, the society can trace its roots back to about 1880. So uh, there was a visit to Charles Dickens in the town uh, that led to people having an interest in literary uh, issues and scientific issues. Uh, that led to a uh, society called the Wolverhampton Literary and Scientific Society. Uh, that was later joined by a history society, uh, and we can trace our roots all the way back to that. But more recently, 
Uh, I think the most prominent aspect of our work would be the blue plaques that you see around the city. Mm -hmm. So we are the people who uh, award those, um, but we put on regular talks and events, uh, and we also have regular regular website articles and things like that. Yeah, and it's, it's a chance to, to look back, uh, but also to, to think a little bit about uh, you know, the spaces, the city and the people, uh, as, as well yeah. as you know, just the, uh, the physical attributes. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's good to, to have a central point for that, because if you want to you know, delve into a specific part of our past, uh, yeah. Whether you're thinking about some of the things that have happened in, in, in Whitmarines, uh, the different communities that have been part of our city at different times. And, uh, you know, the, the, there is an awful lot of history there and things that people may not realise. In, in particular, I mean, when the ring road ploughed for the middle of uh, the town, as it was at the time, yeah, that made such a, a difference. It's just things like slum clearances and things. And all these yeah. have gone on during the life of the society. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the uh, you know we've been around for a hundred and sort of forty years or so. Um, so there's been a, a massive amount of history just in in that time frame alone. I mean, I'm uh, still uh, under forty at the moment, and even in my lifetime, there's been been huge changes. I'll talk about locations to people who are younger than me and go, "Oh, do you? I'll meet you at so and so," and they won't know it as that. Like I remember talking to somebody about the Battle of Britain pub in Penn. That's uh, I almost forget that that's been gone for about 20 years, mm -hmm. so vast changes across the city. And as you say, the Ring Road uh, was one of the biggest ones. It, it, it took away lots and lots of different buildings. Um, and a particular area of my research has been the Jewish community in Wolverhampton. And it actually took away the very first building that was used as a synagogue in the city. It's now uh, roughly where the bus station is next to the Ring Road. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, certainly changing all the time. Yeah, and a city that doesn't evolve doesn't survive. So it is important exactly. that, uh, you know, Wolverhampton, like many other places, keeps moving on. The sort of funding which is currently being applied for by the council could bring something like 68 million quid into the, uh, the city centre, Wensfield and Bilston. So, uh, yeah. you know, there, there's constant work to keep things fresh. But, and, uh, you know, the things like the Wolverhampton Society, the work the council does itself means we don't forget the past. Uh, we often preserve uh, some of these stories. And, and museums are a great places to do that. And that's something you're thinking of on at the moment, isn't it? It is indeed. Um, it's, it's something that's much lamented by the citizens of Wolverhampton that I, I often have heard in my time uh, doing history-related activities that wouldn't it be you know, great if we had a museum to put all these things in? Um, and I know a, a number of people have collections in some disparate places across the various locations in Wolverhampton. Uh, that includes the council and private collectors. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's something that we are uh, in the early processes of setting up a subcommittee to start looking into the feasibility of getting a museum. Because there are, for example, there's a number of buildings across the city that don't have a purpose at the moment. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, a, a sort of dual purpose thing that could look to revive a historic building, but also provide a building that tells the story of the city itself. Yeah, and when you look at somewhere like the fantastic archives in the uh, what was the Molyneux Hotel, I mean, that in itself is a, is a great resource, and I'm sure that's something that you and the other members of society draw on regularly. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, we, we, uh, we regularly go there, well, when we can, obviously, at the mm -hmm. moment, that's proven a bit of a challenge. Uh, it is pleasing to see, by the way, that they have initiated a small-scale reopening. Um, but, yeah, we use that regularly. There's a regular history fair there every year. Um, so yeah, it, it was wonderful to see a building that in itself has so much history. Uh, it's been the home of weddings amongst other things over the years, being a hotel. Um, and it's got plenty of stories it could have told. Um, but uh, a National Lottery grant brought it back to life. And of all the things that it could be, the fact that it was for historical research is uh, you know, a wonderful use of the building. Mm -hmm. So what happens now then? Uh, how does the society work? How do people get involved and how do they help to lobby for this museum? Well, we, uh, in terms of the society, we are a subscription-based society. So we, uh, we have a, a, a basically a, a calendar of talks available. We have a, a yearly magazine which is set to come out in the next month, but that goes free to members. So you can join up that way and then we can look to uh, see what skills people have and bring them onto the committee. Or, to be honest, in terms of the museum, uh, we are not beholden to it only being open to members. We want uh, to try and make this dream happen. So we want people who may not be so interested in going to the talk side of things, but would be interested in a museum, getting involved with that as well. 
So the best way uh, of getting in, involved with the museum project is simply to either send us an email. So that is at inquiries at wolverhamptonsociety.com. Uh, or you can get in touch with us via Facebook or via our Twitter account. So you'll find us on Facebook as the Wolverhampton Society, uh, and I think we are at the Wolf Society on Twitter. Uh, but any of those methods of communication is fine. And all we're looking for at the moment initially is people who either have collections they'd like to bring in to a museum and you know what they would like to do with them, um, but also people who have skills that are relevant to setting up a museum. So if you've been involved in project management, or promotion or just historical research even if you're somebody who's researching the items that we might get any of those kind of skills are going to be necessary so lots of opportunities for people to get involved and lots of great content online on your social media feeds do check all of that sort of thing out you're looking for the Wolverhampton Society and uh, you know see what can what happen and uh, how much more of the history of the city that can be brought together in one place so, so we can enjoy it reminisce but also use those historical facts to help us build for a future of understanding diversity and one that's uh, built on the the great achievements of the past yeah well Andrew Sloan of the Wolverhampton Society thank you for joining us Thank you very much, Jason. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Julie Hill is host of Dogcast Radio and Zoocast UK and knows a thing or two about our four-legged friends, one of whom joins her now as we have a chat. Hello. <laughs> this is Mischief. <laughs> Hello, Mischief. Hello, Julie. Hi, <laughs> Jason. How are you? I'm good. I trust we find everything good in your world. Yeah, well, you know, as good as it can be at the moment, yep. Yeah, these things have to be taken at, uh, at different levels these days, don't they? So, I mean, Dogcast Radio has been on air, well, on internet at the very least, uh, for a number of years now, and uh, is a, a much-loved way of finding out uh, various things in, in the world of our canine companions. And, uh, I mean, you adore your dogs, as does the whole of Britain, uh, and, uh, you know, they, they are part of the family. So uh, tell us how, how Dogcast Radio first came about. Okay, um, it came back because I never basically shut up. <laughs> You're lucky to get a word in edgeways today. Um, but basically, I got a Labrador buddy who I just loved and would fall into conversation with other dog owners, wouldn't know their name, would know the dog's name, would come back and, and um, Mr. Dogcast would say, where have you been? I'd say, I've been chatting to Bob's mum or, you know, Sam's mum or whatever. <laughs> and, and so, I mean, he didn't get fed up, but you know what I mean, as, as a husband, he's so like, a bit fed up about you, you keep falling into conversation with these people, you're spending ages. And then he knew about the technical side. Mm -hmm. I always say, I'm the talker, he's the techie, he's the intelligent one. Um, so he knew podcasting was going to be a thing. And he said about, because um, this was 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, so he said sort of about we could do a podcast. And the first time he said it, I couldn't see how it would go. So I just sort of left it. And then he said about a year later, he sort of said, we could do a podcast, you know, and then that time somehow something clicked in my head and I thought, yeah. And I quite surprised myself because I thought I can't I can't have just my voice blabbing on and on and on about dogs. Aren't dogs great? You know, um, so I wanted to sort of have, I guess, a magazine style mm. show where we had guests and, 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 and experts and good role models. And we've kept that going. We've we you know, we've talked to lots of different people um but always a good role model mm -hmm. we, we've never gone for the scoop and sort of talk to you know bad people uh, to show them up or anything it's, it's always about the positive it's about sharing the love of dogs mm -hmm. you and, know that's, that's what we've done and you stick with the positives actually the negatives not it will go away because people won't be talking to those people who do the wrong things if you promote the right things and make that the, the, the yeah the way forward the bad stuff will stop and, and decrease because there just there won't be the market for it because people know where to go to to get talk to the right people to talk to the right breeders and to make sure that they're bringing animals into their homes who are exactly right for them and uh, whether you are looking at rehoming or whether you're bringing someone in who's just a little bundle of fluff you know no, no size at all then uh, it, it, it is great to, uh, to to get some some good advice i mean I've been doing the, uh, the, the the milk bar for uh, what just over eleven years now, and and once you you get hooked into this, don't you? And whereas we're talking arch, you're talking dogs, and yeah. I've been fortunate enough to have you produce regular features for me for WCIFM in the past. 
and uh, you know it's it, it is such a, 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 a lot of people you know they, so they often don't know who to talk to or who to turn to and I think that's why it's important to have something like what you do that is actually going to share uh, good news the right ways of doing things and, and give people a direction so you know, a source of reference yeah definitely absolutely Jason and I mean it's important in all fields of life but I always think with with dogs they don't have a choice they don't have a podcast they can go and watch or a book they can read <laughs> and sort of say, all oh, right, this is the right owner for me. They just, they're at our whim, if you like. And so you've got to do your research. And what you said was a really important point about the right dog to bring into your life and your lifestyle. Because, you know, for example, I love pointers. They're just my kind of dog. They're athletic and short-haired. Not like myself at all, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I love them. But I will admire them from afar because they wouldn't suit me at all, you know? And so it's about knowing what the dog, we, as humans, we fall in love with the look of the dog, but it's about knowing what the dog was bred for and what its nature wants it to do. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then knowing, honestly, assessing, will that match my lifestyle? lifestyle? Am I a couch potato or am I more active? And actually, if you are too much of a couch potato, you know, you're gonna have to make an effort because no dog, and even pugs, and I, I, I talk to them regularly. Um, so, oh, sorry, Susanna, who has a pug, who is just whizzes around in agility pitch, agility field. Um, and it, you wouldn't know. You, she's not an, um, a typical pug at all. So dogs, no dogs are catch potatoes really they all need exercise they all need mental stimulation mm -hmm. yeah and, and you've got to look after the health and well-being as well as uh, your own health and well-being to make sure you're there to look after your dog and it is yeah. about uh, balancing all of this out with your lifestyle however that may work and uh, i'm sure that uh, people have found that as their uh, pets have had more time with them uh, during the time of furlough and working from home that's going to be a shock to the system as things become uh, a new version of normal yeah, yeah. I mean, that is just a, a time bomb at the moment because it was a big adjustment for, for us, but even more for the dogs to have us at home all the time. And not all dogs, you know, took to that happily. Most did, but some were like, oh, I'm not used to this. But now, as we gradually go back to work, oh, my goodness, dogs are not going to be happy with that. They're a social animal. They want us there in the main. So to suddenly, you know, be exposed to, oh, I'm on my own again, we're going to have a, a lot of people with dogs with separation anxiety. There's things we can do for that, so there's help. Come and listen to Dogcast. <laughs> but, you know, we can do things about that. We can help them. Yeah, and uh, you can help to share tips and stories. I mean, people can get in touch with you and tell you what's worked and what hasn't worked. And, again, these will yes. then be subject to some of your interviews. And having listened to your work, uh, I say, over the years when uh, you were a correspondent on my show uh, for, for the radio programme, you know, it, yeah. is, uh, it is great. To, and you hear so much stuff. And you've now got, what, several, yeah, more than a decade's worth of... Uh, uh, back catalogue there there'll be something there for people to, to draw into or if not let you know and you will no doubt do the research and put it out there yes yeah and that's the thing we do do listeners problems um and you know i don't do them i'll go and find somebody that will i'll go and find the right expert because you know i've picked some things up but i just love dogs i'm you know i'm a pet owner um and but and a pet owner and, and a pet i was saying you know there's an i there's a phrase like just a pet a pet is a wonderful thing, you know, for me, dogs, but whatever pet you've got. We've had goldfish that we've loved. Whatever mm -hmm. your pet is, you know, they've got needs, they've got rights. That's what we need to, to help them have the best life they can. And that's my passion is helping dogs and people live in harmony, you know. And it's not easy every time, mm -hmm. but the, the advice is out there. So that's what, I want, that's what I want to go and do, find the right people that will give them the right advice and the kind advice, you know, because... Again, as I say, with dogs, you're not just making the decision for yourself. You're making the decision for the dog that can't... Most dogs don't have the ability to say no. We've always taught our dogs things like... I mean, even with Mischief this morning, I sort of go, come on, I'm going to pick you up. But she knows she can walk away and go, I don't want to be picked up, thanks. Mm -hmm. And we've taught her the cues. And we've taught her what words mean, like, do you want to go in the garden? She can then, you know, physically move towards the garden, the door, um, or not. So we give our, our dogs have a choice. And that's dog training is a big movement towards give your dogs a choice if you can. It's not soft and wishy-washy. 
it's it, it's important to give them the best quality of life they can get. Yeah, you treat them as part of the family. You wouldn't do that to your husband. You wouldn't. Oh, maybe you may do it to your husband, but the dogs definitely probably get treated better. And uh, you know, it's it's yeah. it's, it's, it's about having a, you know the, the the option to say to, to do what they want to do. But equally, you know, they are they're, they're pack animals. Do part of the same pack, and they they will follow your lead. They will work with you. And if anything, they're instinctively loyal. So you know you're going to get the the best out of your family environment would you have the, the right breed there in your home yes definitely definitely and the best one of the best tips i've been given recently and it's in you know i'm always learning about dogs it's in the last since we've had her in the last two years and somebody said um to me have you know start your day with 10 treats in your pocket and every time your dog does something good something you want you treat them because what gets treated gets repeated <laughs> so every time you just catch them doing something good give them a treat and we've done this with her We've always been positive with our dogs, but with her, even, you know, the, we've, the most up-to-date theory we've, we've sort of applied. And we've got a dog in her. They can be a little bit stubborn. She's a, she's a German Spitzklein, mm. bit, uh, similar to a Pomeranian. And they can be a little bit stubborn and a bit, what's in it for me? She's not. You say to her, do you want to, so, yeah, 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 what we, you know, as soon as you say to her, what do you want to do? She's like, yeah, yeah, what we do, what we're doing. <laughs> and she's so clever. So you do get even more, you exaggerate their, you know, with the right methods, you exaggerate their will to, to please you. And that's a really important point, again, because particularly with a puppy, you can start to take it personally and go, why are you doing this to me? Why are you doing this? Why are you behaving like this? They're, they're not trying to annoy you. Mm -hmm. they're, they're just trying to communicate with you. I have switched this alarm off so many times. <laughs> um, they're trying to communicate with you, and we need to listen. That's our role. You know, if they're trying to talk to you, listen to what they're saying, and because they have a problem of some kind, that's the only way they can react. So listen to them and um, be kind to them. Mm -hmm. And, and it really, it's 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 not wish again. It's not wishy washy until it gets results. Kind methods will train your dog way way more effectively than anything harsh please you know be kind to your dog absolutely <laughs> well you can find out all of your advice and the chats you have with so many people working in the world of dogs on your podcast where do we find the dogcast okay it's www.dogcastradio.com and and all good um directories <laughs> yes just search for it in any of your preferred yes. podcast providers you will be there and you can enjoy it. well uh mischief and judy hill thank you for joining us <laughs> cheers jason see you Gary O'Dowd and Alex Van of Real Art Workshops, aka Raw, have been doing some fantastic work during lockdown. The last time I had a chance to meet up with them was just before when they were at the lighthouse. They join me now for a chat. Hello to you both. Oh, hello. Hello, Jason. How are you? Good to see you. I'm good, thank you. So, I mean, at the moment, Alex, you are translating into sign language for Gary, and uh, you will also be his voice today as. Uh, uh, he's uh, obviously, as we know, hard of hearing, so uh, he will be uh, joining in the conversation fully, I trust. That's on Alex. So, Gary, you keep him in check for me, will you, and make sure he behaves. So, first of all, Gary, tell us a, a bit about the history of Real Arts Workshop. Well, when we started probably just over two years ago, full-time. Involved in different arts activities, working with children and adults as well. And obviously started quite small and built up gradually. Uh, and now we're very busy with work this year, particularly um, busy through, like you say, lockdown, because we're really sort of giving people something creative to do for those good benefits. So we've had some good looking so far. Is that right, Alex? Yes, I think that's right. Yeah. What we've done. Um, as well as some more work on our website. So, for example, we've got a whole area on the website full of resources, at least 16 different activities for families to try at home. And those are free downloads. So you can go and visit that and sort of choose an activity that you'd like to do as a family. Yeah, and, and it's through this uh, working together and uh, being creative that uh, you've brought uh, smiles to people's faces. And having seen some of the great stuff that you've been doing through your Facebook and uh, Twitter pages, uh, there's a lot going on. And it's inclusive as well, which is really good, isn't it? And, and Alex, I know that that's something that you worked hard towards. Yeah, definitely. It's all about including people. Um, 
we're very inclusive in the work that we do and we're aware of the sort of mental health issues as well because um, COVID's having a, a massive effect uh, on everyone's mental health, mental well-being and uh, we know that the, the positive benefits of doing art, for example, can be sort of diversionary so you can take your mind off you know the situation and, and think about more positive things and actually doing creative things makes your brain more active as well so it builds all those sort of those those good reasons for doing creativity really and, and gary have you seen any particular favorite pieces from those you've been working with over the last few weeks and months Ooh. One of his favourite things was um, a painting of someone did of an orangutan, and the group group were really sort of um, bringing different ideas to it, and uh, was really impressed with what they'd done. That was really a fantastic final result, which is on the wall um, in a place called Mossley in Warsaw, where we work sometimes, and people have really said that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And, and Alex, any particular favourites for you? Um, that is a good one, actually. But, but another thing that we've been doing through COVID is the art activity packs. Um, and these are aimed at young people, really. Um, so we've, for example, worked with the big local areas, uh, one in uh, Warsaw and one in Redditch. And we've put like a bag together, a carrier bag full of different resources like pencils and pens, um, different coloured papers, um, paints as well. And then sort of designed our own Real Arts Workshops worksheet with four different ideas, oh, you know, cool. yeah, yeah. and using recycled yeah. crafts yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, and then we sort of hand deliver those out. And then what's been nice is that the families have been taking photographs of the work that the, the children have done and then can post those on our sort of social media as well. So Facebook and Twitter, like you say. Um, and it's nice to see the results, you know, of people, of what they've done. And with all of the work that you do, as rewarding as it may be, there's a, a lot of, of, of different outcomes as well. And you must be really pleased when you see what happens to, to those you're working with and, and the positivity that it brings into their lives. Yeah, definitely. So, for example, we met a young deaf girl a um, couple of years ago and her confidence level was very low, you know. Um, we worked with her because we do integrate BSL, so British Sign Language, into all our sessions, really. And they've got, obviously got Gary as a, as a role model. Um, oh, yeah. Really encouraged her to sort of use her hearing aids because she was a bit... Yeah. nervous about yeah. those and we also open to questions yeah. from people so we can do that deaf awareness um but we also taught this this particular girl how to sign a song and we made a video of her doing that and it was really fantastic for her own confidence and the feedback we had after that as well i think it was voted the best video of the yeah. month by that the um big local in low hill wolverhampton um oh. Yeah. So that really made her confidence yeah. grow and she came to a lot of our sessions after that. So it was really lovely to see how she developed, you know, as this confident young lady from before she was really sort of nervous and anxious. And Gary, I know that you work hard in all that you do on the project. And what's it like being then a role model? I feel really impressed. Uh, I think it's really important that deaf people can see what they can achieve. Yeah. Uh, so I'm obviously profoundly deaf and they can look at me and say, yeah. oh, have you managed to do that? That means I can do the same. Okay. So it's really important, yeah. Well, I'm constantly impressed with the work that Raw Real Art Workshops is doing and uh, I'm looking forward to a new exhibition sometime soon. Have you got anything planned, Alex? Nothing planned. You know, I'd love to do an exhibition again. We were talking, uh, obviously we're working every day for the six weeks holiday uh, and the young people are sort of really creating some fantastic things. We've been at um, the workspace in All Saints for two weeks and now we're going to go to the way for another four weeks. Um, and it'd be lovely, I think, after that to be able to do some sort of exhibition of, of the work that they've created. At the moment, it's just on you know, sort of digital platform. So we're sharing what we can um, on Facebook and Instagram. We've got our own Instagram account as well. 
Um, but it would be lovely to do like a real life exhibition as well from that. So we'll see, see how it goes. Yeah. It's, it's a good thing to do. Well, good luck with all of that. We look forward to seeing all the great things you're creating with these people and your own artworks as well, which are always a pleasure to see. Where can we go to find out more, not only about what you're doing with the groups, but also the things that uh, I know, Alex, you have on your website too? So there's two websites that we've got. So we've got the Real Arts Workshops one, obviously, which I think you might be able to just see on the screen. If Gary, there we are. It's uh, realartsworkshops.co uk and then um on there you can actually link to if you go to the page about us you've got gary's website because he has another business doing frames and i've got a business like you say doing portrait arts and graphic design um so there's links on there to those websites as well um we can check out alex van um dot net if you remember, Jason, you helped me many years ago. As I, we're talking 22 <laughs> years ago, we started doing some long. things on that. It's still going, it's developed, it's still there. So thank you for your help that time and... Getting you set up. <laughs> set up and it's still going. So it's alexvan.net. So I couldn't get .co.uk or .com because there's so many Alex fans. Who knew? I know, it's amazing things. Uh, but there we are. Well, good to talk to you both. Thank you both for joining us. And we look forward to seeing more of your artwork in the near yeah. future. Thank you, Jason. Yeah. Take care. That's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining me back with episode 581 next week. I hope to have you along then. See you soon. For half an hour. Goodbye from the milk bar. 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 Yeah. Goodbye from the milk bar. Yeah.